Hello, and welcome back to the Model Shop Podcast. My name is Theo, and I'll be your host as we explore the early days of Walt Disney Imagineering. We'll get to know some incredible people, experience extinct attractions, and always be on the lookout for some extra pixie dust. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you'll know that especially in our Imagineer-based episodes, we tend to follow a bit of a formula. Start off with a person, end with where their window is on a given Main Street USA, hopefully convincing you to take a moment to look for it the next time you're in the parks so you can say a little thank you for all of their incredible work. But for these next few episodes, I think it's time we try something a little different. We're going to be starting with one window and spending the next few episodes explaining just who these people were. The specific window to which I'm referring actually take up two windows, and it's much-deserved real estate because it honors some of the most influential Imagineers of all time. It reads, Little Gremlins Toys, We Build Them, You Run Them, Toymakers and Associates, Bob Booth, Roger Brogy, John Frank, Neil Gallagher, Jack Gladish, Rudy Pena, Dick Van Every, Jim Verity. It's a lot of Imagineers with a lot of amazing stories, but why are they all grouped together? What exactly did they all do? I'm glad you asked. Let's get right into it, starting at the top with Bob Booth. Born in 1923 and beginning his career with Disney in 1957, Booth put those 34 years before Disney to good use. He worked with hot rod cars that aimed to break speed records, served in the United States Navy, and finally worked in the technical side of films for other studios before joining Disney. And even with all of those experiences before, I would be willing to bet that his job at Disney was the most fascinating and fulfilling. How do I know? Well, he did stay there for the rest of his career. Though we may not be as familiar with the path of a machinist in the Disney company, some things really never do change, because before moving to Imagineering, Bob Booth did indeed begin working in animation. In his case, though, he was not an animator, but a precision machinist. Now, I know very little about animation, but I always think it's so cool to think about the fact that even if we completely ignore the Disney parks, Walt Disney would still be considered an incredible innovator because of his contributions to animation technology, which explains why Booth got his start in that sector. But it wasn't long until Roger Brogy had new plans for him. If you have no idea who I'm talking about, don't worry. We learned about Roger Brogy in a previous episode, which I definitely suggest you check out if you haven't yet. But as a quick refresher, Brogy was basically Walt's right-hand man for all things technical, beginning with the multiplane camera in the days before Disneyland and continuing through the golden years of Disney. Brogy was in charge of anything that had to work like nothing ever had before. But just like Walt needed Brogy, Brogy needed a right-hand man too, one that was on the ground and able to work more directly on the many projects he was coordinating with Walt. And that person was Bob Booth. In 1962, Brogy named him as the supervisor of the machine shop, a role which grew in 1965 into a position as the supervisor of Mapo. Now, let's pause for a moment because I can hear the confusion building inside of you. Have you somehow missed an important Disney acronym? You have an LL and a bunch of ADRs and you're thinking we're going to DAC or MK later? You won't forget to thank the CMGC, of course. Could you really have missed something as important sounding as Mapo? And actually, come to think of it, isn't this podcast called The Model Shop? What's all this talk of a machine shop? All of these are excellent questions, so let's explain. First of all, I was actually surprised, and also a bit delighted, to learn about the existence of a machine shop. It only makes sense that Imagineering, like the name, would be split into two parts, 
the creative, the imagination part, and the technical, the engineering part. So the distinction between the model shop and the machine shop followed those lines perfectly. But what about Maple? Just as Wed Enterprises became Walt Disney Imagineering, and the model shop stopped, regrettably, being called the model shop, the machine shop soon evolved into Mapo, Manufacturing and Production Organization. The role of this group expanded beyond just machines, though, as it was the first official research and development sector of Imagineering, which is crazy to think, because research and development is now one of the hallmarks of Disney and of Imagineering especially. One kind of cool thing about the name, though, is that MAPO, when separated into M-A and P-O, could also be an acronym, or I guess a weird acronym that uses the first two letters of each word, for Mary Poppins. And this was no accident, as much of the funding for all of this new researching and developing that was going on during this time was actually a direct result of the immense success of the Mary Poppins film. But what did MAPO actually do, and what was Booth's role in it? Well, as fellow Imagineer Orlando Ferrante remembered, Booth was told to be prepared for anything from animated birds to monorail trains, though I suspect that there might have been a bit of help there from hindsight. First, Booth was in charge of making a building that could hold all of the wild and crazy things that Disney needed, from antique ride vehicles and steam engines to audio animatronics and their many associated assembly areas, a drafting room, and offices. The contents of that building show pretty well exactly what Booth had to do. You see, he wasn't just an innovator of new technologies, because Disneyland also has a steam train and a carousel. But he also couldn't just maintain antique vehicles, because Disneyland is constantly innovating, whether it be new ride systems, the monorail, or the hundreds of audio animatronics that had to be created for attractions. And, in many cases, even individual projects would blend the necessity of antique maintenance and care with that of innovating entirely new technologies. And Bob Booth? Well, he was the person in the building making sure everything stayed organized and functional, providing advice and guidance to all teams, and keeping them connected. If the Maple Building was Santa's workshop, Bob Booth was the head elf. And Roger Bogies definitely appreciated this. Upon his retirement from 20 years in his position, Booth was presented with a plaque proclaiming him Mapo One, which makes him sound totally like a secret agent super spy. In reality, though, he was simply an incredibly creative and competent designer. So, the mystery of this mega window has begun to be answered. But we still have quite a bit to go, so stay tuned for the next few episodes. For some pixie dust today, I invite everyone to just take a second to breathe. I'm recording this right at the beginning of 2024, and with the holidays over and everyone deep into their New Year's resolutions, it can often feel like everything has to be new, new, new all the time. But if the machine shop taught us anything, it's that real magic comes when we combine the new and the old. There's no need to reinvent yourself completely for your life to be magical. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Model Shop Podcast, and I will see you all real soon.